everybody. Happy July 4th weekend, everybody. It's good to have you at church on Sunday. Uh, before we get into the text, I got to give a, a thing. I got to say something. So, a week ago Friday, so like 10 days ago, um, there was a major moment in our country's history with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I got a lot of emails. I was in college when it happened. I was in a college class. I've got a lot of emails asking a lot of questions about what's going on, and I have not said a word on Facebook, nowhere. I was like, that's a lot to talk about. So I didn't talk about nothing. This Wednesday at noon, I'm going to do a Facebook Live. A live. You can just, if you want to ask any questions, you can, you can send them to me on text or Facebook message. And I wanna t I'm going to answer a lot of questions that already come in. We're going to talk openly and honestly about what has happened and what it means for a lot of things. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, that's Wednesday at noon. If you, don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. I almost did it here today on Sunday, but I prayed about it. The Lord said, not on Sunday, on Wednesday. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Uh, but <laughs> I, I literally did. Uh, I, was, I, was praying Friday, I was praying Friday morning, and I'm like, Lord, where do I talk about this? He's like, not on Sunday. I was like... The Lord is kind to me. Um, no, but uh, we'll talk about it Wednesday. So with that said, with that said, let us stop and pray for a moment together. God in heaven, it is a four-day weekend for many of us. It's a holiday, the sun is shining, and we have come to this basement. We've gotten dressed and gotten cleaned up and didn't sleep in, and everyone for our own reasons came to this place because some part of us, we believe in you. We want to believe in you. We want to know you are there. We want to reach out and touch and be touched by you. Let this time, let us hear your voice. Let our hearts be cut to the quick. Speak to us, Lord. Get through the hardness around our heart. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'm going to read a definition for us. Definition of the word enemy. It's according to Webster. An enemy is one that is antagonistic to another. Or better, one seeking to injure, overthrow, or confound an opponent. That is an enemy. Someone who wants to overthrow, confound, or hurt us. I was at a funeral, I think, I was at a funeral recently, and a sweet old lady came up to me. She says, Pastor, I want to read you my favorite verse. I'm like, oh, what's your favorite verse? And she's like, takes my Bible, opens it, and she goes to the Psalms, and she reads about David praying against his enemy. David's like, Lord, smoke this fool. That's, 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 that's a psalm. She's like, David prayed against his enemies can I pray against mine? 
And I'm like, oh, man, that's not what I, I, I thought it would be John 3.16 or something. But she went guns blazing, can I pray against my enemies? It's a fair question. We're reading through the Psalms right now. We're reading through the Psalms the entire month of July. If you want to join us in our reading, we have our July reading plan out at the Welcome Center. It's also online on our Facebook page. As you read the Psalms, I want you to remember something. Verse 0 is part of the Hebrew text. So in this Bible I have in my hands, it says, To the choir master, according to do not destroy. A mictum of David when Saul sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. All that is actually part of the Hebrew Bible. That's not like some translator adding his little notes. That's part of the actual scripture. So we know that this song that David wrote, we know what's going on when he wrote it. David, it says, Saul had sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. David writes this song as he's being hunted by the king of Israel. So in case you know what's going on, here's, here's the context for our song. When David was a boy, a giant came out against Israel. And David had great faith, and he slew that giant, right? This is what made David famous. This is, this is, this is like the first viral video, you know what I'm saying? Like David reputation scattered across all Israel. Did you hear that 15-year-old runt killed Goliath? And his fame spread to the land of Israel. And when King Saul comes back with his mighty armies, and there is a parade down the aisles of the streets, a song is sung by the women. And the song says, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And that king, jealousy was born in his heart. They love me, but they really love this punk kid. And Saul begun, jealousy is born in his heart, and out of his insecurity, Saul is going to try to kill this young man, David. So David, who loved his king, David, who loved his country, David, who loved his God, is on the run, his life being sought after by a crazy king. And in that moment, he writes this song. And I love the Psalms because the Psalms are the behind the scenes of the movie. We read the story of David hiding in caves, but how did he feel? Well, he wrote a journal entry about how he felt, and it's right here. As he hides from the mad king, he writes these, this, these words. Deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me for, from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce men stir up strife against me. For no transgression or sin of my own, O Lord. For no fault of mine, they run and make ready. Awake, come to meet me and see. You, Lord God of hosts, are the God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. Spare none who of those who treacherously plot evil, Selah. The first part of David's prayer, the first part of David's song is very simple. Deliver me, O oh God. Deliver me from the hands of sinful men. In this life, you may make an enemy or two. Someone who desires to see your life 
knocked down. It could be an employee. It could, it could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. That happens. You ever watch those YouTube videos of crazy neighbors? Ooh. Someone could not like you for some reason. And whenever your name is in their lips, it's always with venom. They want to see your life fall or fail. When you find yourself in a position where someone is against you and someone wishes you poorly, we see very clearly it is completely okay and a good thing to pray for deliverance from our enemies. As, as Americans, as it's 4th of July. Uh, what, tomorrow? Tomorrow's the 4th, right? Fireworks, right? Sparklers. I haven't bought anything cool to blow up yet. I gotta go buy some stuff tonight. I like fireworks. I don't go big, but I just want a few pops in the air for my kids, you know? <laughs> when I was young, when I was young, um, my mom's like, I'll give them sparklers, and that way they can't get hurt. That's what my mom thought. Sparklers cannot hurt a child. So she gave, my, my grandpa gave us sparklers and left us. Just like, I'll be back in a minute with we'll some more sparklers. And we had sparklers, and my brother dropped his, and it fell in his shoe, flaming point down. He started running around with a sparkler in his foot. It was pretty bad. Um, chemical burn, a lot of stuff. So sparklers are dangerous, that's all I'm saying. Anyways, anyways, 4th of July, 4th of July, and it's America's birthday. But as Americans, we are, we, we worship toughness. We love being tough and strong. I don't need no help. I can do it myself. That's the American way. That's not the way of those who follow Christ. We need help. In our prayers, we need to speak this. Lord, I am being hunted. I need your help. Deliver me from the hands of those who wish to harm me. You, you, you can pray for deliverance from, if your kid is a bully at school, pray for deliverance from the bully at school. Lord, take care of little Johnny as Big Dave's trying to beat him up. Whatever you got to pray. You can pray for deliverance. As God, you see I'm in trouble. You know I'm worried about it. I am asking you to deliver me out of the hands of my enemies. So first and pray, pray for deliverance. Admit weakness. Admit fear. I'm in a thing and it is difficult. Lord, help me. It, some, I've heard Christians tell me, I don't have to pray for myself. I want to pray for others. Listen, if it's really in there, why pretend it's not? If you're really afraid, just say you're afraid. My son, awful, tried to always say, I ain't scared. I always tell him, son, it's okay to be afraid. I'm afraid. Really, Dad? Listen, it's okay to be afraid when you choose to act in the, in the midst of your fear. That's true courage. It's okay to be afraid, boy. We can tell the Lord, Lord, I am afraid. I am scared. I am shook. Deliver me from the hands of those who wish to harm me. David's like, Lord God, the king with all his might is on my heels. Deliver me from bloodthirsty men. And like David prayed, we can pray. But here we come into the meat of everything. Verse 8. 
or sorry, verse 6. I love the way he paints a picture of his enemies. He says this. Each evening, they come back. Every evening, they come back, howling like dogs, prowling about the city. There they are, bellowing with their mouths, with swords in their lips, for who they think will hear us. Now, we think dogs, we think, you know, I got a dog, and I pet it, and it licks my face. I love you, dog. If you go to any, like, developing country in the world, go to Mexico or San Salvador or Ecuador or India, there are dogs outside, and they wander in packs. And when the night comes, you don't want to be, you don't want to get caught by a pack of dogs in the night because they're hungry, and they're desperate, and they're full of disease. The, the, the dogs in this passage is not Fido at home. It's the dogs in the dump. You understand? He goes, my enemies are like these dogs, these packs, these, these ravenous animals, howling at, howling for my blood. And he says this, but you, O oh Lord, you laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. Oh, my strength, I will watch for you. For you, O oh God, are my fortress. My God and his steadfast love will meet me. God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. Kill them not. Lest my people forget. Make them totter by your power and bring them down, O oh Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouths, the words of their lips, let them be trapped by their own pride. For the cursing and lies they utter, consume them in your wrath. Consume them till they are no more. That they may know that God rules over Jacob to the ends of the earth. Selah. David says, God, consume my enemy. Smoke that fool. David says, Lord God, knock Saul down. Stop him from getting me. And he prays against his enemies. So the question is, can we pray against our enemy? I, I know some Christians who say, well, no, David can, but we can't. I'm going to say to us today very simply, yes, we can pray against our enemies. The great thing about the Psalms is the Psalms are the heartbeat of the Bible. This is where you see the emotional reality of those who go through the stuff. Sometimes they pray, they pray prayers of great sadness because we're allowed to be sad. We're allowed to lament. We're allowed to mourn and weep. We are. We're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to praise the Lord. We're allowed to experience all the emotional realities of the human experience. We're allowed to feel the things. And we're allowed to be angered about injustice. Even our own. Pray against your enemies. When you pray against your enemies, what you're doing, listen to what he says here. Each evening they come back howling like dogs. Verse 8, but you, O Lord, laugh at them. When you pray against your enemies, what you're doing really is you're giving your enemies into God's hands. You're saying, you know what, God? I am not going to get my revenge. I'm not going to fight fire with fire. As the word says, <laughs> vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. When we choose to pray to the Lord about justice, we're saying, God, this person who seeks my life, I am not going to fight them the way they fight me. Instead, I trust you to deal with them. 
I give them to your hands, Lord. You're a better judge. You're a better jury. You take care of them. Because honestly, some people in this world, the only way to beat them is to get as ghetto as they are. And if you got to get that ghetto, you're not right no more. If you got to get dirty to beat somebody, your hands are bloody. And you no longer have the high ground. You no longer look like Jesus. You may win. But if you, listen, winning isn't the only thing that matters. How we win matters. I, so, I, I, when I was younger, I, played, I, I went to a big church. We had softball leagues in our church. And it was crazy to me how many men I looked up to would throw away all the testimony they had. All, I, I'm like, these are good men. They would throw all that away over one call. You call that a foul? You just going down, dude. You're like, this game means nothing. No, it's not an ASPN. Nobody cares. You're all 40 years old. They never made it. None of you are going to the bigs. Why do you care so much? And people are losing their lives over, they're giving away their integrity for a call. And that's small. We do it about a lot of things. If an enemy of mine comes after me, I, do, I, do I get unholy? Do I get mean? Or do I say, you know what? David never goes after Saul. Saul comes for his life, and David has him dead to rights more than once. David's men are like, the Lord's given him into your hands. One time David's in a cave, and Saul comes into the cave to do a number two. You're never, ever more vulnerable than that moment. Ever, ever, ever. And not a toilet against a wall. You know what I'm saying? So Saul's there, alone in the dark. No one look, you know, like he's alone. And in that cave, David's hiding with his 40 mighty men. And they're all like, the king! His sword, you have to get the sword off, you have to get the belt off, you know, take care of your stuff. David's got him. His men say, David, the Lord's given him to you. And David doesn't take him out. Because David I'm not going to be like Saul to defeat Saul. I'm not going to become unholy, even it's... The ends do not justify the means. How we fight is as just important as what we fight for. If I fight for Jesus in an unholy way, I lose. We all lose. The church loses. When we pray against our enemies, we are trusting God by saying, God, I believe you have the power you have the authority. You have more power than the person trying to kill me. David's like the king. In David's world, there is no one more powerful than King Saul. But David knows, you know what? Saul, you're the king of Israel. I serve the king of heaven. When Christ was being crucified, he's being, he's being a, a tried. Pilate trying to, trying to question Jesus, and Christ is not answering. And Pilate says to Jesus, you're not going to answer me? Don't you know who I am? I have the power to crucify you or set you free. And Christ says, you have no power over me, but the power my Father has given you. When you pray against your enemy, you're saying, you know what? You're coming after me with all the power you've got. But even in spite of that, I still trust my Father. I trust my King 
He's going to protect me against you. Now, also, if you're going to pray against your enemy, understand, we must pray against our enemies with mercy and for God's glory. We pray against our enemies with mercy and for God's glory. Praying against our enemies is not just a free pass to nurture bitterness in our hearts. David says in verse 11, kill them not. He does not pray for Saul's head on a platter. He didn't say, Lord, kill the guy trying to kill me. He prays for Saul's humility, not Saul's death. There's mercy in his prayer. When we pray against our enemies, we must still pray with mercy in our hearts. Not only mercy, listen, he says, consume, well, he also says, listen, he goes, for this, verse 12, the sins of their mouth, the words of their lips, let them be trapped in their pride for the cursing and lies that they utter. Let them be trapped in their own pride. David says, let Saul, let him lie in the bed of his own making. Whenever I counsel, I often will counsel people in a divorce situation. And let's say you have uh, a mother with a kid, and there's a dad over here, and the, the kid goes back and forth, visitation, you know what I'm saying? And let's say the dad is talking smack on the mama. She'll come to me, Pastor, he's telling my son I'm a this and I'm that. What do I do? And I always tell her, you do not do what he's doing. You don't talk bad about your husband, that's husband. You don't fill your kid with that hurt because here's what's going to happen. Eventually your kid's going to see who's good and who's bad. They're going to figure it out. You don't be bad. Eventually this person's poison words are going to sink himself. They're going to get what's coming to them. David goes, you know what? All their treacherous words, Lord, I pray that they would receive the just ends of their own actions. Then he prays. Why? Consume them in their wrath. Consume them till they are no more, that they may know that God rules over Jacob. David's ultimate prayer is that Saul would know the Lord. He's like, you know what, God? Humble the king that he may know you are God. Praying for your enemies must be merciful, and it has to have in its eyes God's glory. I had an enemy once, a true enemy. And we were in conflict. And I hated them. And I was beginning to drown in my own hate. And so I tried to pray for them. And what I did is I took the hate and put it in my prayers. I was like, Lord, smoke that fool. That's I was the prayer. Lord, crush him. Amen. That was all, that's all I had. That's all I had. Then I had to stop. And I'm like, Lord, bring them back to yourself. That was a hard thing to pray. Lord, bring this person to yourself that they may be redeemed and restored and made whole. When I started praying that prayer for them, my anger and hate began to slowly go away. And I actually cared about their soul and about their life. 
When we pray for enemies, we are praying that ultimately they would see that God is God and be brought into that wholeness and that healing. It's a tough thing to pray. But if you're going to pray for your enemies, it's not merely an excuse to exercise your own hatred. We pray with mercy and we pray for God's glory. So we pray for deliverance from our enemies. We can pray against our enemies, but remember, we pray with mercy in our hearts, and we pray, we pray with a vision of God's glory. Lord, bring them to yourself. That's a tough one. Praying for your enemies is a tough one, but Jesus did it. On the cross, being mocked by the crowds. I don't know if you've ever been mocked before. Being mocked. You know, my uh, uncle went through a a tough divorce years ago. And he just kind of broke his life up, you know. He was out deciding, I'm going to start running, getting back in shape. So he's running. And some kids drive by in a car, a bunch of high school punks, you know. We're all there at some point in our life. And my uncle's overweight, you know. He's not a good runner. He's just running up a hill. It's all hot and sweaty. And the punk kids are like, you can do it. You know, the old Kurt, the Adam Sandler movie? Bunch of punks, dude. If I was being a gutter rock, oh, forget you, punk kids. Um, when, when people mock you or make fun of you, it, 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 makes, it riles up emotions, makes you angry, gets juices flowing. When Christ was mocked, Christ looked at the crowds and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He prayed for his enemies. And invite us to do the same thing. And the last thing we see in this passage is this. Verse 14. Each evening they come back howling like dogs and prowling about the city. They wander about for food and growl if they do not get their fill. He says, man, I'm praying against my enemies. And the dogs are still barking. They're still coming up to the gates. The, my enemy, David's like, I'm praying against my, King Saul. I'm praying against King Saul, and King Saul keeps on chasing me. Even though I'm praying about it, it's still happening day after day after day. David is on the run from King Saul for like 10 years. 10 years living in caves away from his mother and father, always wondering, will this be the day the king finds me and cuts my head off? The dogs growl. Their bellies are never full. And in light of that, he says, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. We can pray for deliverance from our enemies. We can pray against our enemies with mercy and for God's glory. And we can sing to the Lord in spite of our enemies. My joy, our joy, and our peace 
we don't have to give that up to our enemies. David, in the midst of being chased, chooses to praise the Lord. I'm in a foreign land. I'm living in a cave. I got no home. I, he, David had to hide in Philistine town sometimes. I know I killed your great champion. Can I sleep in your barn? That's his life. That's his life. And even in those nights away from home, wondering, God, what do you have for me? He would still lift up his voice and praise the Lord. There's a story in the book of Acts where Peter and John are arrested. They're serving the Lord, loving the Lord. They're in prison for what they have done. And it says that in the night, the jailer heard the disciples singing hymns to the Lord. They, 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 they lift their voice up and sang, they, like, I love you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. You are my God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The songs of their faith were, it were on their lips in the, midst of, in the midst of the struggle. And what I would say to us is very simply this. If an enemy's coming against you, pushing against your life, and causing you tension and sadness, even in the midst of such difficulty, remember that enemy is not your God. That's not God. They don't have God's power, strength, or authority. We can instead choose to say in those moments, I know he who has called me. I know he who has sent his son to die that I might live, and I choose to sing glory to his name. Sometimes when, I have a real, when I'm having a real bad time in life, I will literally get in my car and I'll drive around and I will just sing songs of praise to the Lord. Straight up. I have my albums. I have my go-to Life Sucks Jesus Save Me album. I put it in. Boom. I got a playlist called LSD Volumes 1 through 4. LSD is not the drug. It's Lonely, Sad, Depressing Volumes 1 through 4. And no, my LSD playlist, my, I shouldn't say that, my Lonely, Sad, Depressing playlist it's there to hold my hand and bring me out of the pit. And when I first start singing, I don't mean the words. I'm just like, ah, amazing grace, blah, 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 blah. But as I sing the words, I remember, oh, I believe this. This is all true. Our God is all these things. As I drive, I feel my faith coming back to me. Listen, when you're in it, Don't let the enemy, if you decide to lay down, pity party, retreat, your enemy wins in every way. Instead, I encourage you, sing in spite of your enemy's attacks. Go to the Lord and rest upon him. This is the great joy of being a follower of Christ. It's not that we're promised not to have trouble. That's not the Christian promise. The promise of Christ, listen, our Savior, the Jesus we follow, died a horrible death alone. Alone. He said to us, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. 
He didn't promise us a freedom from pain, but he did promise he'd be with us in that pain. And so we sing. It's why when we come together as a people, we sing. We sing songs to remember what we believe and who we believe in. That's part of us as a people. I encourage you, sing in spite of your enemy's attacks. This is how we're going to end our time together today. In my life, I have hated five people. I don't use the word hate lightly. I mean poisoned my soul hate. Right now, I hate half a person. It's not bad. I'm just saying, come a long way. Come a long way. As you sit here, I don't know who who has wronged you, who has hurt you, who has plotted against you, who has intentionally hurt your life, hurt your family. That's a tough one. When someone hurts someone you love, that's hard to forgive. That's hard to forgive. That's a real enemy. We're going to take a few moments as we end our time together. To, lay, to, to pray for our enemies. To pray for our enemies. By name. If God has brought someone to your mind this day, you pray for them. Pray for their soul, Lord. Bring them to yourself. Lord, help me not hate them. Lord, help me to trust you. Lord, I'm scared. Deliver me. Whatever you need to pray, Take a few minutes right now to pray. So we're going to go ahead and take a moment of silence. And in your seat where you are, you go ahead and you talk to the Lord about the person or people that God has brought to your mind this morning. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, you see our hearts and you hear the silent whisper of our prayers. For those in the room with hurts so high, they don't know even where to start letting it go. Be merciful to them, O oh Lord. For those of us in this room who are stubborn and unwilling to let go of our bitterness, Lord, Deal with our hearts first. 
Soften our hearts. Remind us of what we've been forgiven of that we may forgive others. For those in this room who are being unjustly treated by enemies, Lord, be their strong tower, be their refuge, and bring justice to their lives, O Lord. And for our enemies, we pray that we would be a light in the midst of the fight. That our enemies would be robbed of their gossip when our response to their evil is always love and goodness. Let us suffer well. Let us love as you loved. Lord, you, vengeance is yours. You deal with the wicked. And we will trust you to do all those things. Be it for the morning and for the day. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen.